what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. I'm with the band, your front row ticket to interviews and jam sessions with up-and-coming artists. This is Chad Austin, and on today's episode of I'm With The Band, we have the Celtic duo, the Belfast Boys. Hailing from Belfast in Northern Ireland, Alan and Adrian have settled here in Hickory and are gearing up to release their new CD, Songs For Crying Out Loud. Let's take a listen. This is Chad Austin, and today, and I'm with the band, we have the Belfast Boys. We have Alan Mearns and Adrian Rice. Yep. How you doing? How's it going? Thank you for coming today. And actually, I'm not going to do a whole lot of talking because I love the accents. I'm just going to let you guys interview yourselves. Because <laughs> everybody... We, we, yeah, we do a lot of that. <laughs> Long trips. <laughs> well, and we also are joined by Adrian's son today. Yeah, and uh, the only problem is he's not my 30-year-old boy in Ireland or, you know, one of my daughters in Ireland. He's... He's only 18 months, so if you hear talking at the wrong times and screaming, crying and things, it's not Alan. It's me. No, it, it's, it could be. <laughs> it might be it's me. little Micah. It His name's me. Micah. Micah? Yeah. Welcome to the show, Micah. Yeah, there he is. He's, he wants to crawl. He's wanting to walk and kick. And That's why I have the same issues, and I, uh, I wake up every two hours and I wet the bed. So, you know, we might have something in common. Definitely. We've got diapers for you, the, you know, an adult one if you need it. Well, the police won't allow me around kids because I drive a big white van with tinted windows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a special list. <laughs> Very for special. Yeah. Well, now, the people who are going to be listening, because Americans, for the most part, are stupid about uh, geography. So let's talk about Belfast just for a second, because in the, the bio that I've got here, it talks that you guys both are from the troubled streets of Belfast, yeah. Ireland, mm-hmm. uh, Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. Now, except for people who might be into U2, <laughs> a lot of people over here don't understand what that means or even what the conflict is. Can you sum that up for listeners? It's, boy, I'll tell you, I'm actually writing poems about it at the minute. Um, it's, I mean, the troubles basically started what we call the Northern Irish Troubles. Um, you know, they've been going on for eight, nine hundred years, obviously, trouble between Ireland and Britain. Um, but the recent one started in the late 1960s. So I, I'm the older half of this Belfast Boys duo. So I was actually 10 when the troubles broke out. And um, so you live through that for like 30 years, you know, of, you know, body searches and worrying about getting blown up and, you know, getting beaten up and all sorts of things. But uh, mainly just a, a horrible kind of almost civil war conflict really between people in the north of Ireland who want to unite the north of Ireland with the rest of Ireland, independent of Britain, and people in Northern Ireland, Scots Irish, who want to stay part of Great Britain and don't want anything really to do with the south of Ireland. So it's a real kind of two drunken men fighting over one field. Right. Well, it was a very serious time, you know. So it's not ever gotten better? Yeah, it's still always bubbling under the, the surface, isn't it? The lava's always there, like, but it's definitely gotten better. Yeah, the there's a peace process in, 15 in, years. in play. The IRA, the main kind of, um, you know, anti-English terrorist right. brigade, 
They called a ceasefire in 1994, which, you know, has greatly helped things in the long run. You know, there's been trouble since, but, you know, nowadays there is a, a joint power-sharing government in place, you know, with both sides well represented, the Catholics and the Protestants, and the dissenters as well, hopefully. Um, so just the odd time, you know, maybe around the marching season, as they call it, in the summer, something like that, there'll be the traditional flare-ups um, in real... It's always in tough... Um, in your face, you know, looking at each other over the peace wall, literally right. peace wall, working class areas. They're the people who get it hard, you know. So it's hard for them to watch the rest of the country go on seemingly putting the past behind them, hopefully. And they're like kind of saying, well, what's changing for us? And we still have these guys across the wall that we hate as much as ever, you know, and they hate us as much as ever. So, but... Compared to when I was growing up, you know, this is like, it's like paradise in Belfast now compared to that. Right. You know. mm -hmm. Well, do you ever get uh, frustrated with people here who don't understand Well, so I, I, it was very hard when I went to, like, I came over when I was about 16. and When was that? High school, I was like, people would say, where are you from? And I would always kind of gulp guiltily when I'd say I'm from Ireland. Because I would have been raised, you know, same from Northern Ireland, you know, so... People don't really know much. If they don't know what Northern Ireland is, that's actually a country of its own. Uh, you know, they don't know much about Ireland, really. Right, know, so. right. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I teach at Heights, you know, at CBCC, teach English for them, and I'm amazed. You know, I've got students from 18 to 80, literally, and it's extraordinary how many of them don't even know that there is technically two Irelands. Right. And to be honest with you, a lot of them don't even know where Ireland is in the map or anything right. like that. It's really that. But they love St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. And they're wonderfully <laughs> bright people, you know, but they just, you get kind of insular over here a lot. And they just, Ireland, yeah. surely that's just one simple country. And what do you mean fighting in Ireland? Maybe you tell them the IRA to think it's something to do with the tax people. Right. Something like that, you know. But um, <laughs> it's yeah. a serious, serious thing. I mean, my brother was a policeman and. He had to move three times under IRA death threats, and then we discovered that actually I'm actually half and half Protestant and Catholic. My father didn't know that he was actually a Catholic because he'd been fostered from birth. He only found out when he was 40. So on one side of my family, you have policemen, you know, that the IRA and the Catholics hate. And on the other side of the family now, you have one of the leaders of the South Armagh IRA, you know. So even within my own person, the, the conflict... Is, is played out, you know, it's so surreal. Well, I want to talk about the CD release party, which is one of the reasons why we're having this kind of special edition today. But you did touch on something that uh, I think the audience needs to know about, and that's your poetry. Right. You're, you're quite a, uh, an established poet, recognized. Well, Alan normally, you know, bums me up that way, you know, and all the other Yeah, Adrian is definitely, uh, <laughs> you know, one of the most important Northern Irish poets, absolutely, you know. <clears throat> Definitely, very. I mean, even important to me personally. You know, growing up like with that kind of, it's almost like a stigma you grew up with. With the, you know, the south of Ireland, you feel like a wee Belfast child, mm -hmm. like the simply or whatever. Had you heard Simple Mind song? Oh, had you had you heard of Adrian before you had? Uh, well, I I, I knew he was in Hickory, you know, and I found his book, you know, in, in Barnes and Noble. You know, uh, which, which is which addresses a lot of that, you know, identity crisis in a way of being a Protestant from the north of Ireland. You know, where you you feel like, you know, 
am I really the kind of Irish that is accepted kind of thing? You right. Because you're kind of rejected in a way by Britain, rejected by the south of Ireland. So we have this very stalwart, stony people who are like, you know, we're ourselves and screw the rest of you is kind of... But, but Adrian yeah. kind of put that identity, what a what an Ulster uh, Protestant is in his poetry, you know, and that it's a real variety of Irishness. It's, you know... Um, so it was very important to me coming to the States, you know, telling people I'm from Ireland and telling people, you know, with nobody really understanding right. where I'm really from, you know. Well, we actually met in Barnes & Noble, you know, where the books were. I'd, I'd been brought over as writer-in-residence for LR. Right. And uh, did a six-week stint, and then they brought me back in 2005 for six months for the official kind of residency. And uh, we met in Barnes & Noble. He recognised my accent, talking to my wife, and uh, I recognised his, and we just clicked. And he, he shocked me by telling me he had got the book, The Mason's Tongue, and he had, tried, he had put one of the, the poems called The Dummy Flute of the Music, you know, which just, like, blew me away. So... Yeah, poetry is, you know, it's a very serious thing in Ireland um, and you have a big responsibility. There's no, you can't be too navel-gazing and too kind of a, we don't do poetry for therapy, you know. It's, right. You're either a poet or you're not and other poets who are poets tell you you're a poet. You don't stand up and say, oh, I'm a poet. You know, it's really like a laying on of hands. It's a very strange experience. Um, whereas here I find it's a lot different maybe it's just there's so many writing programs and right. we're kind of encouraged which is great that we all can write it's because America has a very short history and really hasn't established anything you know you're, you're talking about you know millennia yeah. of history where you're from that's probably it that's yeah. probably it there's something about that that kind of hierarchy like a bardic school almost right so I, I didn't want to write poetry because I loved it from a young age and, and you know, secretly, because of where I came from, you couldn't let people know you like poetry. I mean, we were like skinheads and, you know, we were up to no good. So that would have been like really wimpy to like poetry. So you had to hide your love of poetry, but it was actually an artist talked me into writing it. And uh, so you had to be forced to write it because you knew what good stuff was. Right. So what's the point in writing it if, if the good people you know don't like your stuff, you know. <laughs> so somebody thought I could do it and kind of convinced me to do it, and it's just taken over your life, you know. It's become totally your life. Well, where you're as a, an accomplished uh, poet, then you've got Alan, who is a pretty accomplished musician as well. And I'll tell you what, I mean, it's not a back-scratching job here, you know, like we secretly, you know... Well, a good back-scratch is always welcome. (laughs) He's a good poet too, actually. He just hasn't, you know, because of his music and all, he hasn't taken the time to even send a poem to a magazine or something. But, you know, I use Alan very much as like my little... (laughs) Alan's like an editor for me, you know, that I trust, you know, like a brain and a a poetry reader that I trust. And he's, you know, he sends me the odd poem too. And I go, wow, you know, like Alan could put a book together tomorrow, but... It's just a matter of time before he does that. So, well, you know, when you guys perform as the Belfast Boys, you guys do some cover tunes, like I saw and heard and enjoyed the Eleanor Rigby uh, takes. I'm a huge Beatles fan. Yeah. Um, so you do some cover stuff, some traditional Celtic, but you guys do original stuff as well, correct? Well, we what we're trying to do really. I mean, a lot, there's a huge pool of Irish music to draw on. You know, a lot of old ballads, which is like the genuine. Irish stuff, which we try to do properly, and then the other vein that we do with the Irish music is to um, try and kind of polish the dust off some older, maybe more cliched songs, you know, Right. which this album's really about, you know. There's actually songs that are mostly 
we would associate with the north of Ireland, like Danny Boy and the Mountains of Morn, right. Carrick Fergus, which are very famous songs, but are kind of got this salon quality or, or barroom quality, um, even in the worst of cases. So mm. we're trying to kind of modernize those a wee bit. And so you're kind of really putting your blue, your footprint on it that way. Um, eventually, when we are going to have a our next album will be totally original and it'll be kind of portraying this particular beautiful river that goes through the mountains of Morn called Shimna and it's going to be like this kind of um, that Alan has penned you know the, the one kind of hint of that album that project is um, a little tune just a couple of minutes long called Shimna which will be like a little motif that will run through the the right. Shimna album, you know, so there's a little hint in there. It's the only tune on this album. The rest are like seven major songs, right. very famous songs, but they're extremely like original, like you wouldn't have heard anything close to versions, right? That right. we do, you know. Well, so. well it's kind of like a process where you know, Alan will look at me and go, Look, we're not playing Danny Boy, we're not playing the Mountains of Morn, they're just so cliched. And then over a beer or, or a cup of coffee I'll say to him well you know you could do a version of Danny Boy surely that would like kind of bring it modernise it and he goes well and then the next minute he comes around and goes what about this and you're like all of a sudden Danny Boy's my favourite song you know and he's done it with the Mountains of Morn and other songs on the album so that's I kind of like throwing those and other people have done that friends of ours like Paul Custer and you know the history prophet LR they've thrown out challenges to him like you know what about this song so it's that kind of project because we're aware that over here we could go into bars and be really, really popular playing all the sing-song stuff, playing up to the Irish and America bit. Right. That would just destroy us, you know. I mean, it, it would just not be satisfying. It wouldn't be enjoyable for us. So we love the music, but we love the, the real, really challenging yeah, ourselves to bring out what's beautiful in a song like Danny Boy. It's not just a drunken party song. Have you guys tried playing at Reroz in Charlotte? Alan's played there before a couple of times at different incarnations. I played there once too. We played in Connolly's in Charlotte a few times as the Belfast Boys, you know. But it's kind of like we, we certainly want to get back into Charlotte and all, but playing places that kind of appreciate totally, not that Reras doesn't, but places that we know up in Raleigh or wherever that, you know, really they, they want to hear the jigs and the reels and the kind of pure stuff. Right. You know, they're not really saying you've got to play. You know, some drunken sing song stuff, which some bars pressure you into that. Right. And we'd just rather not, not do that, you know. We can do it, but. But you choose not to. We will do it. We'll and we will if <laughs> the, the right, money's right. I sure understand. For the right price. <laughs> well, the, uh, the CD is called Songs for Crying Out Loud. Explains yeah. itself, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the CD release party is uh, this, no, next Friday, the 21st, at the Main City Cellar Club which is right off of First Avenue, for those of you who haven't been there, across from Post Office Barbecue. Really, it's about two spaces down. Or, for the people here, it's beside of the ABC store. <laughs> Under Market on Main. Under Market on Main. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Boy, I did. <laughs> uh, why don't you guys uh, give us a taste of what's going to be on this album? Okay. Your choice of the song? Yeah, yeah, we can do uh, Donnie Boy. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hear the uh, the Belfast Boys rendition of Danny Boy. I suppose we have to, we should say we put it on the CD sleeve, you know. But we've got fathers who are still alive and kicking very much so, and um, they're let's just say that their reputation in Belfast goes before them. Right. Um, they now don't use their fists, but you know, thankfully, 
but when they were younger, you know, they were notorious in their different areas as hard what we man. call hard men. Right. And uh, so tongue-in-cheek, you know, but more than tongue-in-cheek, but we've dedicated Danny Boy to the two hard men who we know will be crying when they hear Danny Boy. Excellent. Let's listen. All right, this is uh, Danny Boy, a la Belfast Boys. Where I am, I am. 
We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. 
We'll get back to the interview with the Belfast Boys in just a second, but first, let's listen to Chad's playlist. I've got a couple of songs if you really want to pursue a little bit more Celtic background. There's the new band Mumford & Sons. There's a band called Planksty, which is the Beatles of Celtic music. And then there's another band called Bothy. The Bothy Band. The Bothy Band. Hey, this is my plug. Well, you're not... You know what? I'm just... I quit. Just keeping you right. Keeping you right. (laughs) We're back, and I have the first question I want to ask after that wonderful performance is about Alan's uh, solo career. Oh, well, I mean, I've I've kind of got two different things that I've done, you know. I grew up kind of going into classical guitar a wee bit later, so I got... I did my master's degree in classical guitar, and Excellent. I do that, you know, quite seriously. And um, but I also got kind of addicted to writing songs. You know, when I moved to Nashville to do my classical career, I uh, I just started writing songs all the time, and I kind of became the real focal point of what I do. You know, so I'll be uh, releasing a record properly sometime soon. It's all been recorded. We're just trying to find the right publicist and that kind of stuff for the push, you know? Oh, excellent. To get a, uh, your master's in classical guitar means you have to put quite a bit of time into rehearsal yeah. on your instrument. Too much time, yeah. <laughs> but when you become a writer and that becomes your focus, yeah, the rehearsing your instrument has to take a back seat. Yeah, well, um, when I had a band, I had a, I had a, like a rock and roll band called Airspace for a while and that took a lot of time and a lot of effort and diplomacy and figuring out songs and stuff, but... The rehearsals are very easy when it's just you and your fingers. You know? That's right. Um, but yeah, when I'm writing songs, it's a totally different thing. You know, you're not worried about the technique because it's it's kind of already there, and you're just like a more like a child. You know, when you're writing, you're right. being led by your ear more. So that's just a process that I just enjoy. You know. So when did you move to Nashville? I moved to Nashville 2001. Yeah, 2001. Lived there for about three years, you know. Why'd you come back? And then I moved back to start a band, you know, Hickory. All the producers in Nashville that I, I talked to were like, yeah, you need, don't, don't start a band in Nashville. Right. It's uh, saturated. Um, um, so they were like, go to where you're from, you know. Well, that, easier. You know, that, and that's a good point because a lot of people who are trying to make it yeah. will go to what they consider the hubs. And the problem is, is it's like throwing spaghetti against the wall and seeing what sticks. But it's real easy to see what sticks in a smaller area. Yeah, well, there's in those places, New York's the same, and L.A. is like just an ocean, you know, of mediocrity you know, for that reason, really. And um, there are obviously some, in some respects, if you're making films, you definitely want to go to L.A. or New York. But, um, you know, you think of great bands in the past, you know, or big bands, the Beatles, U2, R.E.M., you know, they all had a very kind of colloquial identity that strengthened their, you know, thing, so. Uh, did Airspace play in Charlotte a lot? Yeah, yeah, we played, you know, all around the southeast and um, up in New York and, you know, wherever we could, yeah. But, uh, you know, I think I remember seeing you guys on a couple of bills. That yeah. sounds real familiar. Do you guys have any stuff online still? Um, yeah, you can see some stuff online. It, it, we can actually... Sp- split up just before we released our um, LP but that's something I'm going to be releasing you know my kind of guys in Atlanta are going to be releasing at some point oh excellent kind of a double thing, where was Airspace so. based out of 
Well, we act, um, James was actually from Northern Ireland, um, and I met him here, but and the other two guys were, one was a Georgia boy, and the other guy, Alex, was from Taylorsville. And uh, so we, we kind of convened and lived here. Hmm. Know, so, yeah. Is that the, did you guys play re with that band? No, 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 no. Huh. This was like, kind of like indie rock, you know. Right. So. What do you call the club you played in Charlotte a lot? Milestone? Well, Evening Muse. Evening Muse. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. That. yeah. I love Visualite and whatever. Yeah, that's a cool place, too. One of my new favorite bands is uh, Mumford & Sons. Yeah, oh, awesome. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. There's a... Was Austin City Limits? It's all that. So we bit of uh, that, you know, even in our... That kind of style in our Irish music we do, you know, there's kind of that heartfelt, you know, freedom. Right. You know, that, that they would kind of... I love the textures. It's so unorthodox, and it really works well together. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, just disappointed there was only, they only did half an hour on that, Austin. I know. I don't know why they would have to share with anybody. I, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, and the, the new, I cannot wait for the new album. They just yeah. came through uh, over the summer down here to yeah, uh, Nashville, I believe, yeah. and missed that. I, I wish they'd have been here because um, I found out the day they were coming. But anyway, yeah. uh, so where are you guys recording your stuff at? At my studio, just. To, um, you know, I've got a wee studio in my house, you know. You have so. a wee studio? Yeah. <laughs> it's lovely. It's actually lovely, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking like Nintendo. Uh, you have a wee studio? Oh, a wee studio? <laughs> no. I don't, I don't play with my wee that much. You know, yeah. so. <laughs> it's because you're married. Exactly. exactly. Actually, it should be the other way around. <laughs> anyway. So like, Howard um, Stern. It's great. <laughs> I listen daily. <laughs> um, what kind of setup do you have for recording? Well, it's Pro Tools, you know, just um, yeah, just basic stuff I need, you know. It's very the, very the stuff that you guys have on MySpace. Yeah. No, that's not that. The, uh, we haven't put up stuff from our actual recording yet, but uh, but it's that's just a we did rough demos, but right. Mickey yeah. Mouse. This is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They sounded good. They were they were yeah, clean. They were well, good. this sounds a lot better. Yeah. You know? I don't know if his, if Carrie, his wife, particularly enjoyed the fact that he took over a room. And turned it into yeah. a studio, but um, you know, it's uh, that's a lovely not work for sure. to go into. Well, any um, significant other of a musician who is a writer yeah. that has any recording sense whatsoever needs to realize that one room is theirs. <laughs> and I have to say significant other because I know women who are the same way that are writers. They have that artistic room. Yeah. It's their yeah. man cave or she cave. Yeah. Well, the kids use the, the computer, you know. The kids use the computer and... Yeah, I don't know if I could be with any. There's nobody else I could fit with, you know, than her. She's amazing. Oh, oh, I, I guess it sounded like I was saying don't, don't hold your wife up. I'm just saying oh, that no, uh, no. I'm speaking from experience. Oh, you have yeah. to have that room. Absolutely, <laughs> has to have a sanctuary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. I love my little sanctuary. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. See, I gotta say that nicely because. Uh, since I know your sister, she'll kick my butt for saying anything bad. Oh, yeah, she's dangerous. She certainly yeah. would. Yeah, I wouldn't tangle she'll with her. I'll you know. tell you how it is, all right? <laughs> she's an angel. She's a marns. Let's, uh, let's plug the album again. The uh, Songs for Crying Out Loud. Guaranteed uh, to Make Grown Man Cry. What is? It's Guaranteed. This song, guaranteed oh, right. to Make yeah, Grown Man totally. Cry. The CD release party, again, is on the 21st, which is next Friday. Yeah. Uh, so how long did it take you guys to record all these songs? Well, we did. Um, we we decided very early on that we wanted to get as much of a live feel as we could, you know. So I mean, we sat and over and over and over again. We did take after take after take, mandolin, guitar, 
you know, literally to try and get one that didn't have to be tampered with at all, really. You yeah, know, it's mostly the rehearsing was that. time, took time, you know. Right. So we wanted to you know, have so you, you organic sound. You know. them so for so long and then, right, let's go in for a full evening to do this one yeah. song, you know. Because we just didn't want to have, you know, we wanted it to be us playing. So, yeah. you know, we would dare to say that it sounds like it isn't like that, you know, that you, surely you must have cut yeah. and pasted stuff, but we no, really haven't. You know. So it's very pure, no overdubs? Well, there's occasional wee strings put in there or, you know, boron, you know. Right. But uh, a friend of ours, Melissa Alderman, plays brilliant fiddle, a couple of songs. So those are the really the only... I, play a wee bit of whistle that's that's well, it it's mostly me and Adrian playing yeah. now singing. when you guys play live you have other musicians that come up and jam with you sometimes rarely sometimes yeah we did that in Raleigh we had a residency up there in a big Irish bar and we had two lovely guys James yeah, and Alan right. that, that would, would sit in with us and that yeah. you know and uh, but you know Kind of yeah, as our stuff has developed, you know, in these, some of these newer arrangements, it's become a, you know, it's kind of sophisticated arrangements, right. you know, with both of us, it's hard. So in other words, the person that comes up goes, I know a couple of yeah, Irish folks. Yeah, you can't just play yeah, willy-nilly. Not, not, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let people come up and sing a cappella or, or, right. or sing some of the, the wee barroom songs right. with us. You I'd know. be like, get off my stage. We play our stuff and then you know you invite them up, up, up at the end. You get a few brave souls that Do some will come up songs. and try and sing Molly Malone or something like right. that. You know, um, that's always great crack, as we say in Belfast. And I should, I suppose, I have to explain that crack isn't yeah. crack. Um, <laughs> crack is spelled C. C-R-A-I-C. It's an Irish It's a word different kind of cocaine. It just means fun. <laughs> right. You know, so at home you would say, what's the crack? You just mean like, what's the form? What's the fun? What are you doing? Are you up to anything good? Or it was great crack last night. Right. That means it was great fun in the bar last night. Yeah. You know, a good laugh. Well, I guess it was before you got here. Uh, Hickory used to be very furniture-based. Yeah. And I spent several years at Applebee's being the, the head bartender there, Tuesday through Saturday night, every night for years. Wow. Had a pretty good little uh, patron group that would come in all the time. And uh, it was right beside the furniture gallery, or the mm. furniture mart. And there was always a huge crowd influx of people coming in. Uh, nice little business to be beside. There was this group of guys that came over from Ireland. There were five of them, and they were studying different furniture uh, facilities here. This was around 96. Okay. Uh, so the furniture mart was still going strong. Uh, not everything had gone to China yet. <laughs> yeah. They're paying for that now. Oh, yeah. So uh, these guys were also – Triple down. Yeah, really. Uh, not only were they the best tippers. Right. I mean, it was usually – out of the five, it would be about 80 to $100 a night. Wow. Yeah, and the last night they were there, which was Saturday um, – I think my tip was almost three hundred dollars. It's a lot of drinking. They, well, I know. Yeah, yeah they yeah. drank heavily. Yeah. But the last night, I brought one of my recorders over and my guitar. I actually, brought a couple of guitars over. Yeah. And w- once we closed down, I went over to their uh, the hotel room right. and woke up really strange the next day. No, <laughs> <laughs> violated. <laughs> was, something was wrong. Irish <laughs> whiskey, Irish cream. I don't know what they were talking about. But we did a bunch of stuff, and I recorded the whole thing, and we had a blast. Uh, couldn't tell you what we played. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they were simple arrangements, but they were some of the nicest people. So whenever I think of Celtic music, yeah. uh, that's what I think about. Hotel room, Hickory, five Irishmen. <laughs> yeah. No. Drink, music. I, oh, mine's, mine's my nickname on the basketball court is uh, Irish Cream. Is it really? Yeah. Do we want to delve into that? Well, I, I, you, know, you know. You mean to go to the court and settle? <laughs> <laughs> the wrong shoes on, but... Yeah. <laughs> 
he's dodgy knees anyway, you know, that's what held him back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, angles. Uh, do you guys want to play another song and take us out? Yeah, we'll maybe Wonderful. play like a, a more traditional, like there's nothing more, we and Adrian like to say there's nothing more Irish than some Irish polkas. Right. But uh, <laughs> we like to play this We set of polkas. What's the names of them? Yeah. Do you remember? Uh, you got John Ryan's polka, the 42 pound check. For Guinness. And uh, <laughs> Dennis Murphy's polka. Yeah. All right. There's three of them, you know, that yeah. run together. Well, or we run them together anyway. Well, Alien, 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 and Adron. Alien the Scallion. Alien, Alien, Alien. and Adron. Actually, my parents are the Alien only people and Adron. Who, who to this day don't spell my name right. You know, both of them spell it Adrian. You know, which is maybe like I don't know psychological. You know, like down the subconscious is the word I'm looking he's, for. He's draining. He's Adrian. Yeah, oh. instead of Adrian. You know, but sure. Adrian. Anyway, yeah, we'd we'd love to we'd love to go out and on a set of polkas. Polka Excellent. High. Well, let me get that properly said. Uh, Alan and Adrian, oh, right, <laughs> thanks right. for coming in with us today. We thanks appreciate it. I'm Micah, and Micah, thank you much. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, here's the Belfast Boys taking us out. Cheers. Don't forget the CD release party on Friday the 21st. Uh, the album is called Songs for Crying Out Loud, and we'll see you soon. All right, this is a wee set of polkas here. Nothing more Irish than Irish polkas. Just a wee set of polkas. A wee set of polkas. One, two, three, four.
been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.